perception that people have of you. I think that generally, like, as a Black woman, people try to put me in this box, you know, because before the snakes, I was, you know, into, like, hair care and herbs and everything organic, everything natural, which I still am. But it's just, you know, people put me in this box of, like, holistic Black woman. And then it's like, now she got snakes. Like, what's going on? Like, you're Black. You shouldn't have snakes. Welcome to Bad Is With Business. I am your host, Maloran Hodge. Come with me on a journey as I create a space to chat with Black women about their aspirations, struggles, and learnings within business. Learn and grow as we talk about how being a baddie and business go hand in hand. So baddie, tell me about yourself. So my name is Precious Robbins. I am 29 years old and I am a claims adjuster for Liberty Mutual Insurance uh, throughout the day. I have a eight-year-old son, so I'm a single mother. Um, and I was born and raised in Chicago, but I've pretty much been living in Indianapolis for a majority of my adult life, teenage life. So Awesome. I didn't know what your like day job was. I just yeah. knew. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's so boring. It's just like, yeah, I'm a claims adjuster. Like, if you ever see like The Incredibles, the second one where he's like <laughs> arguing with that, like, yeah. little, you're, like that's like what I do all day is adjust claims. It's not very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hear about precious pythons. That's the exciting part. Right. <laughs> that's the interesting part. <laughs> well, precious pythons is a small like business I started about two years ago, um, and it's all about breeding and selling snakes, which I've recently started doing. Uh, ironically enough, though, I have not yet sold a snake, um, and I have. I'm in the process of breeding my first two snakes. So I purchased um, a couple snakes a few years ago or a couple years ago, and I got them as babies, like very, very tiny hatchlings. And they take about two years to mature. So initially the plan was honestly just to get a pet and it turned into like breeding plans and projects. And then I kind of developed into a business, um, came up with a name as I got involved into a reptile community on Facebook um, and decided mm-hmm. that this is where I kind of wanted to go with it. And like I said, now I'm in the process of breeding them. And I actually have a female um, bull python that is gravid, uh, which is a term for like pregnant. And I should be expecting some uh, you know, eggs from her. She will lay in about 30 days. So it's kind of exciting. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Let's, let's back up. Okay. So what was the catalyst for you starting Precious Pythons? Also for you wanting to just like have a reptile as a pet. Right. <laughs> right. Because, you know, it's, it well, so like three, four years ago, we had already had a reptile. So like I said, I'm a single mom. I have an eight year old son. And from the time he was like two, three years old, he was begging me for a dog, anything he could hold as a pet. Yeah. And we started out with something very small, which was a hamster. And I hate rodents. So I was like, I know I love this child because I hate rodents and I just didn't <laughs> want to deal with it. But I, I did, I cleaned it and all this. And I did went through all this 
for this little pet for him and he ended up being allergic to it. Now I knew he was allergic mm. to dogs and cats, but I just didn't know it extended to like all fur babies. So I'm like, oh my God, he's not going to be able to like ever have a pet. Yeah. And it like broke my heart at first, but I got over it. But you know, later he comes to me maybe a few years later, like, mommy, I want a dragon, a bearded dragon. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I had never, like, I've heard of those, but I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll look into it. And I did some research and mm-hmm. decided, you know, okay, I can, we can do this. Like it, it didn't seem very hard. It seemed generally like low maintenance. Yeah. Um, so I, I bought a bearded dragon, went to the pet store and we picked it up and that was all she wrote. Like I, I actually felt like after I got the bearded dragon, I was more interested in the pet than he was. Honestly, yeah. it was me doing most of the, he was five, I think at the time. So then a year goes by and he's like, mommy, I want a snake. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> that was my first reaction. I'm like, no, we're not having a snake in this house. And he's like really upset about it, but he wouldn't drop it. I mean, it yeah. was weeks gone by and he's still asking for this snake. So I'm like, okay, let me do some research. I was like very loose. Like, I'm just like, I'm just, I just need to understand what this obsession of snakes is with him. Yeah. So I started doing some of the research. And I mean, when you look up ball python on the web, not only do like these beautiful animals pop up, but it's like crazy patterns, crazy colors, things that you wouldn't even think a snake could look like. And it's just enthralling. I, I was, I became a little like obsessed. Like I went to this rabbit hole of snake search searches. <laughs> and then I started doing the research. Like, okay, so what do they eat? What do they need to be taken care of? You know, are they emotionally like attached animals? Because, you know, you think snakes and you're just like, they just sit there. They're like, yeah, rocks, right. So very low maintenance, you know, eat once a week, poop once a month. Like it's just literally no maintenance. Wow. I was like, I can do this. So I started looking on like Facebook. I got in some like groups for like how to care for ball pythons, did more like extensive research because I never wanted to like get into something I had no idea how to do. So it was like months, maybe like weeks before I actually bought it. And before I bought it, I found a girl here in Indianapolis that owned some snakes and uh-huh. I reached out to her. I was like, Hey, you know, what is it like owning these animals? And she was like, Oh my God, it's amazing. It's great. Come to my house and hold one. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. Oh girl. I just text you. That's it. <laughs> no, I was like, wow. Okay. I mean, I, I kind of like filled her out a little bit and looked more on her face. I'm like, okay, seems harmless. So I actually, I mean, I'm, I'm the most introverted person that you'll probably meet. And I went to this woman's house and she, we ended up becoming really, really great friends now. Uh-huh. But, you know, I held one of her biggest snakes. It was like, you know, six foot snake. And I fell in love. I don't even know what what clicked. But something clicked. And I was like, I got a snake within the next week. I had a snake. <laughs> so I bought that snake. And wow. it was literally just pet purposes. I just wanted a pet. And I think I had that snake, my very first snake, named him Rhaegar from like, you know, Game of Thrones. You know, yeah. And, I um I think maybe it was like two weeks later and I had another one. <laughs> and then from that point, I was like telling like, you know, my family, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's just one. It's just one thing. <laughs> and then it went from one to now I have 33 ball pythons. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just Googled and now I'm like, oh my goodness, look at that one. That one's so pretty. Look at that exactly. one. I, I'm like a purple snake. Oh, oh what? I'm <laughs> A yellow one, a pink one, a red one. It's just crazy. Like the colors are ridiculous. So 
that kind of sucked me in. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I would love for you to share a little bit more about like your upbringing and like how there were reptiles in the, the house, but you never really touched them until now. Right. Yes. So growing up, my dad was probably like a pet fanatic. He loves animals to this day, loves them. And growing up, we had dogs, we had cats, and then we also had birds and we had um, turtles, exotic fish, and we had an iguana. That was the only reptile that we really had was the iguana, but we weren't allowed to touch her because she was vicious and <laughs> her nails were like wow. sharp. Um, and the iguanas are typically not very docile, you know, so he did not allow us to hold her, but he held her in front of us. And she was one of she was my favorite animal out of all the animals that we had, um, which is, I feel like why there was like this underlying like attraction to them. Even before us, he had snakes. He had um, tarantulas. He's had all these different kind of animals. And I think I even question whether it's hereditary because I don't think I've ever mentioned any kind of snake reptile at all to my son. And he that's yeah. he a pet. So <laughs> it was interesting. Oh, that's amazing. What have been some challenges that you face and things that have been like hard um, as an entrepreneur, but also as a Black woman in this field? So I think the hardest thing, honestly, is the perception that people have of you. I think that generally, like, as a Black woman, people try to put me in this box, you know, because before the snakes, I was, you know, into, like, hair care and herbs and everything organic, everything natural, which I still am. But it's just, you know, people put me in this box of, like, holistic Black woman. And then it's like, now she got snakes. Like, what's going on? Like, you're Black. You shouldn't have snakes. I actually had people have told me that. You're Black. Why, why do you, this is not a black person thing. And it's just like, it's honestly, honestly, like more insulting than it is anything for me since I actually do like them. Yeah. And, you know, even my family, you know, most of my family are very, very, very supportive of it. But then I have like, for example, my mom who hasn't been in my house in two years (laughs) because of the snakes Mm -hmm. and some of my cousins who won't come because of the snakes. Uh, But, you know, it, they understand like what I'm doing and what I want to do and that they yeah. that it's me. But, uh, you know, even people, you know, that I work with in my day job, you know, they find out that I like the snakes or I have snakes or I'm doing this business venture, you know, and that on top of that, you know, I'm still like this girl who will sage in my house. So their first question is like, yeah. are you a witch? You know, like I've got that so many times that you're a witch or are you a witch or people just kind of labeling me as, you know, which are asking me if my religion is like Wiccan and just crazy questions. And I think trying to explain somebody your personality mm-hmm. when you shouldn't need to be explained is probably one of the hardest things I've faced as a Black woman. Yeah. You know, and then there's another entirely different aspect of it as challenges as an entrepreneur, because with doing this, I've had to like assert myself in a community and a hobby that's strongly white male based. (laughs) Like I cannot stress that enough how much that there is not many, not only many black people, but not many black women or women in the industry. So, but I will say that even with those challenges, it has been a very welcoming community for the most part for me, for my own experience. Um, I didn't know it was going to be as welcoming as it has been. Um, I thought I was going to face a lot more challenges with it. 
but it's been generally easy. But of course, you have your trolls and you have like, you know, the people um, <laughs> that, that do troll you. But it's yeah. I'm expecting a lot more than what I've gotten so far. And it's so interesting because I feel like already as a like you said, as a black entrepreneur and specifically a woman, you face all of these like challenges and just like getting businesses, your business off the ground and getting people to like buy into what you're thinking about. But then also on top of it being like you're a breeder and also in this field that like a lot of people are afraid of. And um, you also don't see a lot of people that look like you. So I think it's just like, it's powerful that you're able to move through that and not let it be something that like weighs you down, which I imagine it, it may, but it's still like, this is something I'm passionate about. And so as long as you're supporting me and getting out of the way, I'm cool. <laughs> and I, I'm hoping to change the perception because yeah. there's such a like, negative connotation associated with reptiles and Black people keeping reptiles. And I mean, even last year, it might have been earlier this year, I went to a school that was predominantly Black and I brought a snake. And a lot of the kids were like, oh my God, she got a snake. Like it was like, you know, everybody run for the hills. But you yeah. know, a lot of the kids there and even the teachers, you know, came up to me, came up to my table because it was kind of like a career, career fair, career day. And, you know, they're at first asking me questions, looking at the snake, kind of like, oh, you know, but asking me questions. And then, you know, it always comes like, can I hold it? As soon as, you know, you see someone like touch the animal, it's like, it changes. They understand like it's safe. You know, this is not a yeah. animal. They're harmless. And, they're more afraid of you than you are them. And, you know, you kind of just see that perception change. And I think that's kind of where that passion grew. It's like, I really want to help people understand, you know, that these animals are harmless, help people overcome their fear mm-hmm. of snakes. Because honestly, if you ever come into contact with a person who's afraid of snakes, typically it's irrational. Like it's mm-hmm. like, it, it's a deep phobia and it's completely irrational. Like I can show you pictures and I've done it before. Like I've, I, I posted on my page and I have pictures like on my phone, on my computer showing people, you know, the difference between a cat bite, a dog bite and a snake bite. Mm-hmm. And the snake bite is literally two dots on your skin where you have ripped skin from a dog bite. You have scratches all over your body from like a cat. Like, you know, it's just minimal compared to what these other animals can do. And these are animals that people keep in their house, you know? Yeah. So it, it's just interesting how you, you can talk to somebody and even kind of work through that fear with them and they can understand, okay, maybe it's not that as rational <laughs> as yeah. I believed it to be, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And I think how we've been conditioned to think like snakes are evil because they're poisonous yeah. and they'll suck all the yeah. whatever out of you. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because my mom, the first thing she said to me when she found out I was doing this, she said, if you love me, you'll get rid of those snakes. And I was like, oh my God. I, that was the only time I actually considered doing it because I was terrible. I was like, oh my God. She's like, you know, it's the snakes are the devil. And she's a very religious person. So it was all, you know, the yes. Bible says and the Bible and the Garden of Eden. And, then, and I'm just like, mom, no, no. It's just, I, even if you want to look at it in a biblical sense, I mean, technically the snake was never the devil. It was possessed by the devil, right? Mm-hmm like the form of a snake, whatever you want to call it, possession. But it was never, in fact, the devil. How many things and people have been possessed by the devil and were never considered actually evil in itself? You know, so it's like, I feel like the snake maybe got a bad rap, mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happened. (laughs) You know, so it's like, you think of goats and like, you know, the devil is actually described as a hooved 
horned being, but we don't look at goats as devils. So I was just like, I even try to break it down like that to where she just <laughs> happening. She was like, they evil. No. <laughs> yep. She was like, I'm going to pray over you, honey. No. <laughs> exactly. Like, there was no getting through to her. So I took my L with that one. But she eventually, now we can actually have a conversation about the business. Yes. We can have a conversation about the snakes. And she doesn't cringe. And she don't look like, you know, so it, it's it's developed. But she still has not come to my house. <laughs> yes. Baby, baby steps. Baby, baby steps. Yes, I'm holding her hand along the way. <laughs> baby slithers. Is right. Slither? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of slithers, I would love if you could explain your logo. Yeah, because I think it's it's really beautiful. So I'm sure people will see it. So ball pythons originate from um, West and Central Africa. Okay, where they come from, and back way, way, way back when you know the Egyptians. So the the woman in my logo is Cleopatra, and technically, ball pythons were originally called royal pythons. Okay. And the they got and, the, and then they their name changed because they whenever they get really scared, which is all the time, they ball up in a ball, and they're there. That's where they got that name, ball pythons. But originally, uh. they were referred to as royal pythons, and the okay. reason being is because the Egyptians and you know other royalty would wear them as jewelry, you know, just walking around the palace, you know. So they were <laughs> termed royal pythons. I got the name because <laughs> would you see in like the <laughs> reptile. Um, industry specifically to like ball pythons, most people will take the term or take the name and kind of like make it into something slightly inappropriate. Balls, I don't know. There's actually one very, very popular breeder in his, 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 the company name is Bob's Balls and his logo is like the Pornhub logo. Like <laughs> it's, so people like try to make it like the most inappropriate thing they can Yes. Buy. I literally, you know, wanted it to, you know, I wanted it to represent Africa. I wanted it to represent a black woman. I wanted yeah. it to represent something that it originally came from. It's so, you know, it's, you know, it was very important for me to kind of capture that. And when I was kind of manifesting like these ideas, I was looking for, um, you know, images of Cleopatra mm-hmm. as a black woman because you typically don't see her as a black woman when you. It's kind of like when you like Google Jesus, you know, it's yeah. like it's always kind of whitewashed. So um, when I found the right image that I was looking for, she t- just happened, it just happened to be her like dressed in this kind of toga looking outfit. Right. And, and, you know, her nipple was showing, but you know, I got a lot of kind of like crap from a lot of people about the nipple. It was just like, Oh my God, that that's this and that's that. But it was just like, but this is how they dress. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dress it down because it makes people feel uncomfortable. It's not anything that I'm doing to specifically make it inappropriate. This is how they dress. It is. I mean, even you can go to African villages because my mother is Nigerian, you know, and I've, uh-huh. never been to Africa, I've never been to Nigeria, but you know, you can go to villages today and they're still not, you know, closed completely, you know, it, it right. so I went ahead and I stuck with that and I'm glad I did because I, I like the logo and I didn't want to do anything to change it to, to make it, to water it down, pretty much where the logo came from. I see it's connecting to the culture and right. everybody up, out here all upset, but we, we connected to the culture. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that is great. Uh, what are some words of advice that you would give to um, other baddies out there with budding businesses? Maybe they are like a precious that was like years ago that want to get into this or just trying to figure out how to like 
take that jump? What's some words of advice that you would give them based off of some learnings that you've had? I would just always, always advise people to, you know, whatever that you're wanting to do and, you know, you want to take it seriously, you want people to take it seriously. I would just say to treat it like a business. You know, um, I think I, from the, from a very early point, I wanted this to be a business and I started treating it like a business very, very early and made steps to make sure that people recognized it at, as a reputable and respectable like, business. And yeah, um, for anyone who's like me doing something very similar, because I think I have seen some women reach out to me who, you know, want to know what I'm doing, how I'm doing black women, you know, in the reptile industry. And I would just say, you know, to, you know, stay positive and not get discouraged, not let some of the current culture discourage you from, what you want to do, because there are a lot of, you know, racial, you know, mm-hmm. things, especially in the community. And um, I would just, you know, I don't know, advise people to, you know, stay positive, stay focused and, you know, know that your dream or whatever you're trying to obtain is attainable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that applies to, it applies to snakes, but I think it also applies to a lot of things that we may not see as part of the culture or it hasn't been traditionally been a part of our culture and people are like, uh, uh-uh, that's against Jesus. And it's like, <laughs> no, just because we didn't see this growing up, like people have actually done it. I'm yeah. trying to like change the perception. So exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think that's very important. I think that we as black people need to start bringing a lot of things into our culture. Like, mm-hmm. you know, imagine that that just gives us range. To do, I mean, we already can do so many things. Yes. So many things that people don't think that we could do or thought that we never could do. And it's just like, it just keeps expanding and changing and evolving. And I think mm-hmm. that we continue to do that, changing the mindset of people trying to place us in a box. Yeah. And I think to your like logo, when you talked about like ball pythons starting in Egypt, hello, Egypt's <laughs> in Africa. Exactly. <laughs> Like yeah, this they come from Africa. Like it's been know. part of the culture. All this stuff that people have come and appropriated, it's been part of our culture. <laughs> from the beginning. From the beginning. It doesn't get yep. more the beginning than that. Like, mm-hmm. very. <laughs> yes. For sure. Where do you aspire for precious pythons to be in two to three years? And how can the community of baddies help you get there? Well, I, I definitely I just recently applied for, um, you know, my brand to be trademarked. So okay. that takes about a year and I'm, I'm hoping that it's approved. Yes. <laughs> I just got my LLC approved. So, you know, I, I'm wanting to, in two to three years, I am hoping that there are more Black people in this hobby, more mm-hmm. interested or curious about snakes, less afraid of snakes. Um, and I want to be on the web. I'm working on a website. Yes. Um, currently right now, you know, where I'll have merchandise for snail sale and snakes for sale. So in two to three years, I'm just hoping that it all kind of comes together that yeah. you know, I'm successfully on YouTube, successfully on the web, on social media platforms where I can be easily accessed and people can reach out to me with questions and, you know, wanting to be comfortable with snakes or their snakes. And, you know, as far as help, um, I think just people being more open-minded. I just think as a, as a yeah. general speaking, you know, like I, I don't think, and, it, and it's not, it's not just black people. I mean, it's just people in general. Um, I, yeah. I was in Seattle this last like couple of weeks and, you know, it's very, very uh, white Caucasian culture up there. And yeah. I don't think there was one person because my brother lives there and, you know, 
when they found out that I was a snake breeder, it was like, oh, it was like, why? Why are you doing that? Well, <laughs> not just, <laughs> I think it's just people generally. And I General. think you know, as, if we can be just a little bit more open-minded, I think not only would it help, of course, me out, but just the whole, you know, pet reptile community breeders out, you know, period. Yeah. And where can we find you on social media or on the internet, period? So I am officially on um, Facebook and Instagram at Precious Pythons. Okay. On YouTube as well at Precious Pythons. And then very, very soon I will have my own website, which will be preciouspythons.com. Awesome. So I'll make sure to include that in the description of this episode and want to see um, in closing, if you have any baddie business precious python tips that you want to leave this with i think i think we've said it all but i i'll <laughs> you know you always want to stay open-minded and never limit yourself baddies friends thank you for joining another episode of baddies with business for more details about today's feature baddie check out the episode description box. I have included her um, social media accounts and also ways that you can stay up to date on all things baddies with business. If you're a baddie with a business or aspiring business and want to chat, I want to hear from you. You can contact me at baddieswithbusiness at gmail.com. If you want to support baddies with business and join the growing community of friends, consider joining the Baddies with Business Patreon community. The link for that is also in the description box. In closing, here's a word from the Lord, Audrey Lord. When we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcome. But when we are silent, we are still afraid. So it is better to speak. Be bad, be bold, be a baddie.